Amen. Thank you so much, Dan. Well, good morning again, and thanks for being uh, with us here at Shine, whether you're here in person or joining us online. Uh, we're just glad to be together, just worshiping Jesus and engaging with, with God, uh, with each other, and with our purpose. Um, we are in a series that we are loosely calling Teaching and Training. You know, it's just kind of a fluid thing. Series titles around here, you really never know. It's kind of up to the speaker. So uh, let's call it Teaching and Training. We, we really felt uh, at, the be- at the turn of the, the year that God was challenging us to uh, focus on the equipping piece of what happens on these weekend times together, right? And I, and I believe that, that teaching, good teaching, has been a part of, of what we've done and even interacting together, uh, and there's great value in that, and, and teaching is definitely a part of what God uses in our lives. Uh, but we just felt challenged that God wanted us to kind of experiment a little bit with, with equipping and the idea of, of uh, really kind of rolling up our sleeves and, and giving one another an opportunity to sink our teeth into God's word and to interact together and to challenge each other and kind of do those things that it talks about in the New Testament. Admonish one another, encourage one another, right? Uh, to find our voice and to find our ears spiritually and to be able to benefit together. So we're kind of doing that and it's uh, super fun kind of... Uh, uh, just being on this journey together with you. Um, today, wanted to uh, talk a little bit about Romans 14 and what it speaks to the skills and the mindset that we have to have if this is going to work. Would you agree with me that, that the skills necessary, the essential skills, if you will, uh, are different if one person is doing all the talking and we're just kind of listening, taking notes, and then going and thinking about it? Versus like if we're actually going to be engaging with each other and hearing each other and sharing. Would you agree it's a different kind of skill set that's required? <laughs> because it's unscripted. We don't know what the person next to us is going to say. We don't maybe even know what we're going to share. We may be responding to something or interacting with something that someone else has just shared. So it's kind of like live and unedited and uncensored and <laughs> unscripted. <laughs> and by the way, that's stretching us as leaders as well. Um, um, it's, I've realized just this weekend, kind of being my first experience in facilitating in this new little experiment that we're doing, um, it's one thing to trust the Holy Spirit in me as a speaker. It's something very different to trust the Holy Spirit in you. I know that kind of sounds really pompous and arrogant of me. I realize that. But as a speaker, as a professional pastor... It's a lifetime of like, okay, you know, kind of in our prayer closet, like, all right, oh, yeah, that's good. Oh, that'll preach. Oh, that's a funny story. Oh, they're going to laugh. They're going to cry. Hopefully, they're not going to hurl. Anyway, you know, and, but, sorry, 80s movie reference. Anyway, but then, you know, bringing that, it kind of feeling like I've got this 30, 40, 45-minute kind of package of spiritual nourishment, entertainment, engagement that's really going to rock people's world versus like, hey, God. I've got a few notes, but we're kind of depending on whatever you're going to put in your people's hearts. <laughs> That's a different deal. So just so you know, if it's any comfort to you, if you're feeling stretched, we're feeling stretched. <laughs> and, and I believe God is stretching us all together to, to find him in new ways. And I just want to thank Dan and Kim for their leadership and vulnerability in, in kind of leading us you know, to this new place and experimenting with these things because... Um, we're all, we're all in this together, and, and we're all just saying, Lord, how do you want us to know you better together? And so, anyway, thanks for being with us on that journey. Um, before we talk about Romans 14, though, I want to just reiterate something, and that is God has incredible hopes and dreams for his church. 
Do you agree? God has stuff he wants to see happen in us and through us that is way more amazing than I think any of us have dared to imagine. And one of the reasons I know that is Ephesians 4, uh, verses 11 through 13, he's going through, you know, kind of a discussion on the gifts of the Spirit and leadership that he's placed in the church. And he says these words, uh, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people. Who is his people? All of us, yeah? You, me, everybody, okay? To equip his people for works of service. And that word literally means ministry. So we're all doing, we're all called to serve and to do the work of the ministry. So we're here to equip the saints for the work of service so that, and whenever we see so that, pay attention to what comes next because that's something that God cares about and wants to see happen. So that the body of Christ, who is that? All of us, yep. Uh, may be built up until we all reach, listen to this, unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That's part of God's dream and God's hope for us, guys, is that we experience unity in, the, in our faith and in our knowledge of Jesus. And that knowledge isn't just like knowing a bunch of Facts and figures. Oh, you know, he was born in actually 4 BC, died in 29 AD, but you didn't know that, haha, you know. No, um, he's, he's wanting us to know the experience of him, in the truly knowing of him and walking with him and, and hearing his voice in our lives and knowing his love for us. And, and just that's what he's calling us to. And so that sounds pretty amazing, doesn't it? Can you imagine just for a second that, that we really begin to walk in that and experience that unity? And experience, I mean, look around, look around the room. There's some weird looking people in here. I mean, just think about, just, just you know, don't fix it on one person. Just kind of keep your eyes moving. I'm not going to say who the weird people are, but they're in here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if you are a self-proclaimed weird person, yes, you can raise your hand. Here's the thing. We're all kind of weird in our own way, right? We're all kind of different from each other. And so when we look around and we're like, oh, unity you know, sometimes we're like, I don't know if that really can happen, right? I mean, I feel fairly, maybe you're like, I feel fairly good about myself and how I'm hearing God and growing, but I don't know about him or her, you know, or, or maybe not. Maybe you feel like, oh, I just, I don't even hear from God and wow, they seem so spiritual. Yeah, you know, so either way, however the enemy has kind of distorted our view of reality, sometimes we don't truly believe that it's possible to experience unity and the building up of ourselves as part of his body and to, in our knowledge of Jesus. But that's exactly, guys, what he's calling us to. That's exactly what he's inviting us to. That's exactly what he believes is possible. Are you thankful that he believes some stuff is possible that we might question? That is, he's saying this is possible and you don't have any idea how to get there, but guess what? I'm God and I'm gonna lead you there. That's the only way is, thank God, for he knows the plan, we don't. So here's the thing, even after we are like, okay, fine, uh, maybe I wanna open my heart to unity and to learning from others and hearing others and maybe opening my heart and sharing and being vulnerable, guess what happens right like three minutes later? Bam, conflict. Bam, hurt. Bam, we feel misunderstood. We feel misinterpreted. We feel judged. We feel shamed. Or we feel, or we ourselves are feeling, you know, ashamed of something that we shared or something somebody else shared or, oh, wow, that came across as 
religious, or that came across as, oh, wow, oh, they're pretty wild, and look at their lifestyle. You know, I mean, we start, we start sort of opening the doors to know each other and be known, and it starts getting messy, doesn't it? And, it's, and maybe you're here, and you're like, I've been hurt. I've been hurt in a situation, in a friendship, in a small group, in a church, and whatever it is, and I'm kind of like, <laughs> I don't know if I want to, like, it doesn't, you know, it, it sounds like it could be what God is saying, but, like, at the same time, I don't know, hey, God wants you to know he, he gets that. He's not, like, pushing you and shoving you. So he's right with us as we kind of, like, maybe one brick at a time, you know, make a little bit of room in our hearts for others, whether it be to share or whether it be to listen with an open heart. So he's kind of with us in this process. And here's the good news, guys. It's not, it's, God's not, like, going, oh, no, conflict. They're different. What? They were supposed to all go off of the same cloning machine together. Like, what in the world? No. He totally knows, like, he's made us all different. Different personalities, different perspectives, different, you know, philosophies of life, different hurts, different experiences that are part of our story that make it, on the one hand, really beautiful and really rich. On the other hand, make it a little bit of work. Is that okay to say? Have you found in your relationships that unity, friendship, open heart can be work? I think so, right? In our marriages, in relationships, in friendship, it's no different in the church. It's work, but it's worth it. So, um, Romans 14, does that kind of make sense? So, Romans 14, I believe God speaks right to this whole mess of like, oh, how do we pursue unity when we're so different and when we can hurt each other and when we don't know for sure if we don't want people controlling us, but at the same time, we want to walk in love and all this kind of stuff. I believe Romans 14 speaks right to the heart of that. And, uh, and we're going to read the whole thing together in a minute. So get your blanket, your nap blanket. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but, but it's going to be good. God's going to speak to us. And, and as I prepare to read that, just real quickly, Romans, an epistle that the Apostle Paul wrote, probably A.D. 58, somewhere in there, coming, uh, ending his third missionary journey, heading to Jerusalem. He was delivering offering that he had collected for the saints in, in, in uh, Jerusalem that were suffering uh, famine and this kind of thing. And, uh, and he takes, you know, Romans, kind of the basic outline. He takes the first eight chapters and just talks about how awesome God is and what he's done for us, who Jesus is, the fact that there's no righteousness outside of just faith in him alone and the Holy Spirit that he's given us that helps us in our weakness and intercedes for us, and the love of God that we cannot be separated from. And I mean, he's just, it's so like, ah, it's so encouraging. If you haven't read Romans 1 through 8, read it. It's, it'll blow your mind. It'll encourage you. Then Romans 9 through 11, he goes into, takes a little quick parenthesis of like, what about Israel? Because they're not jumping on the bandwagon real quick of, of, you know, that Jesus is the Messiah. They're kind of missing out. So he talks about God's covenant with Israel. And then chapters 12 through 16, through the end of the book, he really kind of gets practical, kind of turns a corner, and he's like, what difference does this all make? How then does this affect the way we live, right? So that's where the passage is found that we're going to read. And it was written to this church in Rome. Rome, obviously the capital of the empire, it had a, a mix of people with Jewish background and people with a Gentile background, with a non-Jewish background. And so they're having church together, but one group of people has for thousands of years been like, don't eat bacon. And make sure on the Sabbath, you know, you light the two candles and do the, you know, the cool thing. I love that. Um, it's the ladies that get to do it, though, not the men. So anyway, but, uh, you know, they do their ceremonies on the Sabbath, and it's this amazing dinner, and it's just they dress up, and it's so cool. Um, seriously, and I've actually tried to implement that in my house years ago. Anyway, super fun. But, um, but the idea is, like, all these amazing, like, ways of connecting with God that were kind of unique to 
their Jewish roots, right? So they're continuing to do these things, even believing in Jesus as the Messiah and the fulfillment of all that. Then you've got a bunch of Romans and Greeks and people from all over the, the world that are like, we don't know anything about that, but we were told we could just come straight to Jesus. We don't have to be circumcised. We don't have to, you know, do a certain Sabbath thing. We don't have to not eat pork. We don't have to, you know, pass go, collect $200. Like, you know, we can just come straight to Jesus, not through the doorway of Judaism. So can you see like how this would begin to like set the stage for a little bit of like, <laughs> awkward, right? Because, right, all of a sudden it's like, you're eating bacon. It smells amazing. I'm not supposed to eat it. Like, you know, tension, strife. Okay, so here's where it finds themselves. And so Paul speaks to, and obviously I'm making light of it, but obviously as you can imagine, it begins to highlight and pull some things of like when there begins to be some real tension of, well, you can't do that, or, oh, why don't you do this? Like, this is amazing. And so all of a sudden, I think that there's some principles in here that we can begin to pull for our lives today in 2022. So um, let's go ahead and read it together. Uh, Romans 14. I'm going to read it in the NIV, uh, New International Version. If you have the U version, as Pastor Dan mentioned, and you want to open it up and uh, look in a different translation, that can also be valuable as we're reading along because, again, the Lord may speak to you something uniquely as it's worded in a different translation. So feel free to do that. Uh, but we're going to uh, read Accept the one whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. One person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. The one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not. And the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does. For God has accepted them. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master, servants stand or fall. And they will stand, for the Lord is able to make them stand. One person considers one day more sacred than another, speaking of the Sabbath. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat does so to the Lord, for they give thanks to God. And whoever abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives for ourselves alone, and none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord. And if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life, so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. You then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Or why do you treat them with contempt? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat, as it is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will acknowledge God. So then, each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. I am convinced, being fully persuaded in the Lord Jesus, that nothing is unclean in itself. But if anyone regards something as unclean, then for that person, it is unclean. If your brother or sister is distressed because of what you eat, you are no longer acting in love. Do not, by your eating, destroy someone for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let what you know is good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness 
peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. Let us therefore make every effort, there's a phrase we've heard in other passages, make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All food is clean, but it is wrong for a person to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else that will cause your brother or sister to fall. So whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who does not condemn himself by what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if they eat because their eating is not from faith. And everything that does not come from faith is sin. Father, thank you for speaking to us now, God, by your Holy Spirit. Lord, just you lead us in the direction you want us to go. You speak your truth to our hearts, God. We humbly just come together before you and just acknowledge that you are the one, the source of of wisdom, the source of truth, the source of love, the source of, of understanding. So God, we're just asking Would you, Holy Spirit, as you are in each one of us, God, would you speak to us collectively as your people that we might draw closer to you and each other? In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I'm going to ask a question. We've got microphones, so if you're new here, this is kind of what we're doing is is jumping in and interacting in the Scripture together. So feel free to raise your hand, uh, wait until the microphone is given to you, and then you'll have an opportunity um, to speak. But obviously, just in this passage, we see, you know, two different groups, those who were choosing to stick a little closer to their Hebrew roots, and I guess we could say abstain maybe from certain things, uh, and, and, and move into discipline and order and boundaries, and then those who were choosing to move towards freedom. Would you agree that we kind of see that and maybe not keep the Sabbath in the way that it was taught to the Jews for thousands of years? Or maybe not keep to those dietary restrictions of meat uh, the way it had been done. And so we see kind of people moving towards discipline for, for a purpose. We see people moving towards freedom for a purpose. We see God speaking to that. So I wanted to ask you this. In that passage that we just read, Was there a part that you found particularly encouraging or was there a piece that you struggle with? Was there a piece that you're like, oh man, that's tough for me. I don't know if I love that right off the the bat, if that makes sense. Uh, I know this is a vulnerable question, but we're just going to kind of jump in with both feet and, and, uh, and ask you just to share from your heart if you would be so, so vulnerable to share, hey, what piece of this encourages you or what piece is like wow man I struggle with that I can play my air sorry I had to finish it well the only thing that comes to my mind is when I read it it was kind of like in the beginning of the scripture, it was talking about this is what you, you know, I thought it was kind of freeing, actually, you know, because it was talking about their, your relationship with the Lord and how you eat. And so that was really awesome. And it was it, it fed my soul that, mm-hmm. you know, but at the same time, then when you get to then the end of the scripture, then it then I kind of got confused because then it was like, I'm sure you can relate to what I'm talking about. 
it got confusing to me because it was like, well, I'm going to do it the way my relationship with the Lord. But then it talks about, well, don't do it that way, because if you do the way that you want to do it, then you might do you might make someone stumble. So mm -hmm. really, there's a there's a gap there that goes from one to the other, you know, and Brad and I were talking about it um, on the way in. Because we did our homework, yay, for us, which never happens. Shinechurch.life/connect. Get that text for what the scriptures the following weekend. Great was, plug, Kim. Was, so, yeah, yes. You're welcome. Um, and so we were talking about it because, um, you know, we might be, you know, we might be around people that struggle with alcohol problem. And so mm -hmm. for Brad and I, that's really important to not have any alcohol, you know, at our dinner. That's, you know, just to honor them and to respect them. So... That's all I had to say. Mm -hmm. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. Anybody else kind of feel a little bit of that tension? Like, okay, it talks about freedom and enjoying the things that we don't think are wrong, but at the same time, being very, very aware. Like, how, ex how does that, how do we do that? Anybody else kind of feel that as you read that? Yeah. Okay, somebody else. What, what did you struggle with or, or what encouraged you in that? Yeah, Christina. <laughs> I hate talking. But, we love it. Um, so I'm, I struggle with this a lot because I'm all about eating clean and healthy and supporting your farmers. Mm -hmm. So I'm the one that judges everybody that will, come, <laughs> that will come into, I help with a local market in Castle Rock. And mm -hmm. so I judge a lot of people that come in and buy a bunch of crap. <laughs> I wanna, so I want to convince them, no, you need to buy this local stuff and the stuff that's more expensive and cleaner. So I guess I'm getting conflicting messages right now how I should handle this in the yes. future. Yeah, so, <laughs> that's awesome. So I, I guess I will still educate and, you know, explain them why I think they should make a different choice, but then not, you know, talk about them when they leave. That's so great. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. That's a great example, right? Of, okay, because we all have, and it speaks to that, right? That tendency we have to judge, right? And not even not even to approach someone else, but then to like just, you know, after the fact or, you know, behind their back or just in our own opinion of them, walk in judgment, right? That's very true. Okay. Somebody else. Michaela. Sorry. I guess I'm saying the name. I should let you please state your name and then. <laughs> Michaela. Um, I think what really stood out to me is actually just the last sentence, the, and everything that does not come from faith is sin. I feel mm -hmm. like it's just thrown in there, but I feel like that's kind of encompasses everything we do. So kind of like, how do you unpack that? Mm -hmm. And how do you do everything in faith if, you know, if it doesn't come from faith, it's sin. So I think that sort of last sentence really hit me. Woo, that's a good, that's a big one. That's probably a, put a pin in that, because I think that's how does faith not Faith Ragsdale. Sorry, I just looked at you when I said faith, and it was like, there's faith. But no, how does faith, how is faith a part of this conversation, right? In this, of, of knowing how we walk in freedom correctly and how to limit ourselves out of love and treat others like faith is a piece of this dynamic. And yeah, so maybe let's put a pin back because that's, I think, worth unpacking some more. But uh, real quick, anybody else? What did you struggle with? What did encourage you? Yeah, Wes. I'm Wes. Uh, so it actually kind of reminds me of a sermon that Dan gave, I don't know, like three or four months ago, where he basically said, like, everybody's individual relationship with God is unique to that relationship with God. Mm. And so when we, and, and there's never been more tension around, like, 
food than today, you know, where someone's like, oh, don't eat preservatives, and then, don't, you know, you have to eat clean or whatever, and and then you see the same thing with political stuff and all that, and then when when you really take a look at it, you go, well, well, what I feel is how is how I feel, but that mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that what what God is putting on somebody else's heart is the exact same as what he's putting on mine. Mm-hmm. And each individual person is in their own individual space within their walk. And so I, f- I find that this scripture is really helpful for me because I look at it and I'm like, well, I, I would rather not make my brother stumble by putting myself in a position where, you know, I mean, it sounds silly, right? But if they're on a diet, I don't want to eat Oreos in front of them, you know, like, but, uh, and the same thing with like what she said with alcohol, you know, it's like, if I'm in a place where I know someone struggles with alcohol use or abuse, uh, I don't want that around them to put them in a position where they may stumble. Mm -hmm. And I think I, I, I see the conflict and the tension, but I see it more of a, like a respect your brother in Christ rather than, or brother or sister in Christ. Um, rather than just like there has to be tension. So um, I mean, that's kind of where it, it landed for me. I love the idea of saying like, yeah, everything is unique to each individual person um, as it relates to their relationship, and we shouldn't be pressuring people into how we believe God is speaking to us individually because everyone's in a, in a unique place uh, with, their, with their faith. So good. So good. Yeah, Elena. Hi, I'm Elena. <laughs> um, so I kind of see it as um, he's explaining that it's not our job to tell someone else that their actions are wrong. It's his job. So if mm. it, just because I think it's wrong doesn't mean that I should be like, okay, that's not right. You know, see this verse, you know? So like I eat crappy food. <laughs> <laughs> So, so you but, can talk to Christina yeah, after the service, exactly. and you guys so, can have a great but conversation. I, th- <laughs> I think it's really cool because I I know that eating bad is not good for me, mm-hmm. and I like for example I had like a lot of like stomach issues when I was in high school, and I went gluten free for like a year, and um, it really helped me, and I felt a lot better. And so just because I went to someone who knew about it, I went to a doctor, and they told me, oh you like like probiotics you don't have a lot of probiotics in your stomach and you need to take this pill and probably shouldn't eat any gluten for like nine months and so but I didn't go expecting her to yell at me and say well you're eating McDonald's every day that's why she said oh I see why you're having all of these problems and I see these symptoms let's see how we fix it and I think that's what he's saying don't go to someone who's going to judge you go to someone who knows what they're talking about and usually that's him wow so. so good. And to be honest with you, that speaks to everything that's been shared really does come back to faith, Michaela. It comes back to, because if you remember, and Pastor Dan has done a great job of teaching this, faith comes from and hearing from the Word of God. So when we talk about faith and how it applies to this, we're all touching on it. The idea that God is wanting each one of us to have an open line to Him. And when He speaks something to us, like yay or nay, right? Like, oh, enjoy this. Or you know what? You maybe should limit this in this season of your life. Whatever the topic is, there's life in that, right? For, there's, it, it draws us closer to him. We experience life. When just DJ tells you, well, you shouldn't do that because I heard from God not to do that. Or this is how I interpret this verse. 
does that always automatically bring life? Probably not, right? There's entire sort of groups of believers that are kind of like, hey, one of us heard this, so let's all add this to the list. And then, oh, you heard this, so let's all add, like all of a sudden now we've got lists and lists of what we can and can't do. And it's not so much that I've heard from the Lord, but it's, well, whoever, you know, denominationally or, or whatever, I was a part of a denomination for many years, and they made you sign um, a, a, a commitment that you would not partake in certain activities to be remain nameless. Um, and, and so that, that was just one of the agreements, right? Like in order to be a, a licensed pastor, an ordained minister with this particular group. And again, I'm not, I'm not judging. I'm just saying, but, but in that moment, I didn't necessarily feel like, wow, God, this is going to draw me closer to you. I'm so excited about limiting this. It was kind of like, well, okay, you know. And I signed it. And then they called me back years later. They're like, hey, by the way, that's changed. Do you want to come back? <laughs> so anyway, that's awesome. Hearing from God, I think we understand it is where the life is found, right? Whether it be towards freedom or towards limiting something in our lives and, and not partaking in a certain thing. Um, somebody else, anybody else want to share? Yeah, oh, yeah, hands up all over the phone lines are lighting up. <laughs> um, I think for me, I've had a lot of people around us and our family have very um, particular ways that they live or they have to eat or they have to live. And it was a struggle in the beginning to understand why, you know, we have similar beliefs, but they do that. And it eventually came to me, it changed my mind and my perspective on how to love and serve them in those moments because it opened up an even deeper relationship if I was able to be like, I know I'm going to spend time with this friend today and this is something that they like or they live and I was able to, you know, love them in that moment. So if they were gluten-free being like, hey, I thought about this gluten-free Wow. thing for you wow. and whether it just was at that moment where it was just a gift and she was like thank you or it was a moment where she wanted to or he wanted to share it in that moment it was empowering to be able just to love that person and either talk about it or not talk about it and it could be something that could be helpful for us and our family and I'm like wow I never thought about that so I would just ask the Lord when I would be with people to be like how can I love and serve this person even though I don't understand because I I felt like it gave me an open door to understand and love them more versus me being like I don't understand anything so why do I put my time and effort into that because that's not the Lord loves me mm -hmm. that's not how he loves me mm -hmm. um, and I think a personal example for us is you know we even me and my husband at times eat differently and we were like okay he's like I'm gonna eat like this and I'm gonna eat like that and that was a power struggle in itself because I was like well we got five kids so how do we <laughs> eat like you and feed the kids and all that kind easy, of easy crystal three and two just split right. right down the <laughs> no seriously so I think again in in our marriage relationship the Lord showed me the same way how can I love and serve my husband mm -hmm. And be like, okay, like I want to empower you eating this way, and we're gonna change a little. It's not gonna be perfect because with their kids, um, but it just gave us a chance to serve one another in that area as well. So good. Real quick, um, before going to the next person, thank you for sharing that. Has anybody has anybody realized that when someone does a small step to do something that they know matters to us, does that just feel like a huge deal? 
You know what I mean? It might not be that they figured it all out and know everything about us, but just if you know like somebody deliberately was like, oh, I know that you eat this way or don't do this or don't like this or like that, it, it feels like, right? Is that the, do you feel that too? You just feel so loved in that moment. It just, it's like it's a multiplied effect of just something, a decision that someone else makes deliberately like you did in your marriage with your diet and all that. It's, it's crazy the power that that little seed of that decision of loving and doing something, you know, doing or not doing something simply out of love because we know it honors someone else. It has just huge ramifications. Amy. I'm Amy. Um, in verse 6 it says, I'm in the ESV. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. And for me, similarly, I think to what Wes said and what some of these other people have said, it's not about the actual thing that they're doing, whether they're abstaining from something or not. It's about their heart. Are they doing it to honor the Lord? Do they mm -hmm. feel that their actions mm -hmm. are honoring the Lord? And so instead of judging someone because they do it differently than us, maybe we should ask questions and why? Why do you do it that way? And if you can see, they truly believe that the way that they are doing it is furthering their relationship with the Lord, honoring him, whatever, then you should encourage them in that. And, you know, and maybe then you could say, well, why am I doing the things that I'm doing? And in some way maybe come, become closer. It doesn't mean you have to change or they have to change. It just means we're really questioning why do we do the things that we do. So good. Would you mind popping the rules of engagement on the screen real quick? Um, I meant to put these up earlier, but you just spoke to one of them, Amy. Ask good questions. Can that be something that the Lord uses in us instead of, you know, Christi to Christina's point, what I find myself doing is just, I can't believe that... You know, like, I've already worked all this out of my mind. They got the wrong answers, so they're just kind of not as smart as me, right? We just tend to, like, judge, maybe, or if you're like me anyway, it's so easy. Rather than, Amy, you pointed that out, why don't we ask questions? Hey, what, why do you do this or not do that or what? And I was having dinner with uh, a gentleman named Bill, who uh, comes typically on Saturday evenings, and a great guy, and uh, last night, he was like, you know what? Behind every decision towards freedom to enjoy something that maybe not everyone feels free to enjoy or to limit ourselves towards discipline behind every decision there's a story right there's a story there's something we don't know if the person had an abusive alcoholic father or mother or or you know we don't know if uh, whatever, pick an example, right? We don't know if, if uh, that person had a gambling problem in their family and, and all of a sudden it's like, no, we don't even buy poker cards. Like that's just something that we've, you know, there's a, there's a story and I love, Amy, you've brought that out. What are the things that God is inviting us into as we, as we know each other and become known by each other, right? It doesn't have to mean like, I think that all starts, as, it doesn't mean I'm judging everyone or everybody has to agree with me, but hey, here's where I'm at. Here's some of the decisions I'm making, but I want to ask questions. That's so good. What else do you see? Oh, yeah, Jackie. Hi, I'm Jackie. Um, yeah, I kind of have a similar leaning with the passage, just thinking more on, in terms of, like, the decisions you're making are specifically because of a conviction from the Lord. 
to honor him with your life or you think that you should do it. And I think of, I mean, when you look at this time period, you kind of talked about it. Like Paul is speaking specifically to Jewish believers who have rules to be accepted by God, to be forgiven by God. And they are now embracing people who never had that background, who are eating bacon. And they're looking at them going, you are unclean now before God because you're eating that bacon. And he's saying, no, you are free to not do that. However, if you are the free one, if I'm the Gentile who loves Jesus and I'm eating the bacon, he's putting the, the power in their hands, not in the Jewish people. He's saying those Jewish people are not understanding. They believe Jesus, but they don't understand that you do have freedom to eat bacon before Christ. But you are not to, to confront them in it. You are not to judge them in their choice to follow their traditions and their rules to be accepted by God. You show your freedom in Christ in your life. You love them. And when they come into your home, you don't eat the bacon because they are going to see not only are you free to eat the bacon when they're not around, but you're free to not eat the bacon because it doesn't have anything to do with your relationship with God, the bacon. Does that make sense? Somebody should hashtag don't eat the bacon. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if that made any sense at all, but I tried. If you got anything out of this, this time together this morning, <laughs> do it out of love. Don't eat the bacon. <laughs> so good. Amy. Um, my name's also Amy, and I zoomed <laughs> in on the same exact verse oh, wow. and thought very similar things about it. But <laughs> something to, to add, I was thinking about, well, I've been reading over Romans 14 a lot just in the last couple years with the political climate we've been living in and honestly have really grappled with a lot of this a lot of these verses not knowing how to navigate when there are really really strong believers in my life who feel one extreme way and then there are very strong believers in my life who feel another extreme way so i look at this through a lot of that lens right now just what we've all been living through and um so similarly i was struck by the same verses about the one who eats can eat in honor of the Lord as they give thanks to the Lord, and the one who abstains is also honoring the Lord. And, and I was just so struck by the people in my life who feel very strongly one way and vote one way, and the people in my life who are also Christians and feel very strong and vote a different way. It's less about their opinion and what they're voting on, and it's more about the piece of the gospel that the Lord is breaking their heart for mm. and what mm -hmm. they wow. are being. And I don't think there's always, and people might disagree, but I don't think that there's always just a right and wrong way to navigate politics and things like this because, because we can be so passionate for certain groups of people or certain aspects of who God is that is just going to hash out differently in today's mm. world. And um, so I think that we just need to approach each other with looking for what is that person's heart breaking for that also breaks God's heart mm -hmm. and not looking at just simply, do I agree with their opinion or do I disagree? Because like what was said by a number of people, um, it's about those people's experiences and, and there are so many things that go into it, but bottom line, it's their relationship with God and what God is convicting their heart on. And that is going to go in one direction or another sometimes. But, um, but just understanding that we are united in the fact that we all love the Lord and want mm. to honor him so desperately with our decisions and how we are a citizen and are a neighbor and all the things in today's world. And looking at how other people are doing that to honor the Lord 
and being inspired by that and asking questions about that rather than just saying, I disagree and I don't want to hear about it. And so that's been the biggest thing that stood out to me in that. So good. Thank you so much for sharing that. And that's, can you just sense the, the attitude of humility in that, of just asking those questions and finding out what sliver of God's heart are they, coming back to faith, what are they hearing from the Lord? God just, I think it's safe to kind of assume that God isn't speaking the same exact thing at the same exact time to every single son and daughter. Would you agree? <laughs> just kind of, I think that's safe to say in practice because you might be feeling really passionate to show God's love to this particular segment of the population and somebody else might be hearing from God to, you know, do this other thing over here. And there's, there's sometimes there are tensions there, right, of, of just... But, but recognizing, man, what is God speaking? How can I honor that? How can I empower that and cheer them on in that? And, and maybe God's speaking to me over here in a different way. So, so good. Somebody? Yeah, so oh. one oh, thing oh, that yeah, was funny, as, as this week I've been thinking about this a lot. And Oh, my name's Peter. Sorry. <laughs> hey, Guys, Peter. Sorry. Hi, my name's Peter. Um, <laughs> who are you? <laughs> I don't know, Luke. Who am I? <laughs> Tell me. Um, you know who you are, but that's a really but, cool man bun. Yeah. Hey, thanks, man. Um, so one thing that I haven't even, hasn't even triggered in my mind until sitting here and listening to everyone talking is culturally, and I think we live in a culture where it's, we're actually pretty separated in our communities. So like in terms of like, it's easy to say, okay, well, when I'm around, when I'm around Dan DeMay, I don't eat bacon. But when I'm not with him, I can eat bacon. Here's the deal. We're, they're talking in Romans, which is immediately after Acts. And Acts is literally where Christians are every single day. They're together and they're breaking bread together. Mm. So it's easy for us to think, okay, well, it's fine for me. I just don't need to eat bacon when they're around. He's talking to a group of people that are together every single day. So it actually puts this different, because I think we try to kind of find loopholes, even within our culture, to say, oh, well, as long as I'm not around Dan, I don't have to do it, because it's not making him stumble. But that's, and I back to even what Michaela's saying, in, in the sense of, like, it's all about faith, is because he's talking to a group of people that's saying, you're actually now always around Dan, now how are you going to even, the first question, live in freedom and still live to show humbly and be like, okay, this is what it is. It puts a whole different perspective and angle when you're like, oh, wow, I'm actually or living with the person in a marriage. Mm. It's not just saying, okay. So again, it's easy to find a loophole. It really is in our culture and society to say, well, I'm not around them so I can do it. But that's not the point, I don't think, of even what's being asked here. So that, to me, it's not even me making a statement so much as a question of if I dive into this, and I want to pull it apart more, I think, throughout the week and, like, through discussions, but how does that actually apply? Like, what's the purpose of this instead of just being like, okay, Peter, you can easily find a loophole to still drink when someone who's not struggling is around? Because I don't think that's what, and anyway, so that was kind of stirred in my heart, and I wanted to kind of say that, so. That's wow. Yeah. Good stuff, yeah. Closet bacon eaters. <laughs> Just rinse your mouth with mouthwash afterwards. So good. Yeah, oh, John. Uh, my name's John, and what stood out for me was uh, 19 and 20, and I'm in the BSV version. So let us not, so let us pursue what makes for peace and mutual upbuilding. Mm. Do not for the sake of food or denomination or to bring it more current, political party, 
or vaccination status or whatever mm -hmm. um, destroy the work of God. Wow. So that's just what stood out to me is we're supposed to be um, pursuing peace with each other and upbuilding each other and not tearing each other down. There's a, there's a prioritization there, isn't there? A realignment of what's most important, to Peter's point, right? Of just, it's not just a, okay, we got it out of love, not do this in this. I mean, it's, it's just a whole love and unity is the highest value, if I hear you correctly. Yeah, John. My name is John, and uh, what stood out to me, um, when I was growing up, my, my father, whenever we would approach him with something like, well, did you know that so-and-so does X or Y? And if it wasn't one of those things that, you know, a hill that we would want to die on, like salvation issues, you know, um, he would always say these words, that's between them and the Lord. Mm. Wow. And I, <laughs> until I, we read it today, mm. verse 21, in the New King James, it says, uh, no, not 21, I'm sorry, 22, verse 22. Do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. Have it to yourself before God. That was really interesting to me. Um, so what he was saying was actually scriptural, I believe. Yeah. It's between them and the Lord. Yeah. But I think really the overarching <clears throat> message that comes through in chapter 14 for me is that we are not a monolithic Borg collective. Um, There's a we lot are, of big words there. And, and <laughs> a little Star Trek reference, <laughs> sorry. Um, resistance is futile. No. <laughs> um, that is not what we are. This, this is a very um, detailed approach that shows us that we need to have immense respect mm. for the individual. Mm. Mm -hmm. So good. Yeah. Wow. JP, or as I was reminded this morning, AP. That's right. I, I feel like if I say my name now, it's going to be confusing. <laughs> Josh. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, I think I think the scripture is so interesting, and obviously with the current climate of just even the church, but also, I guess, globally, um, you know, one of the things I've heard a lot talked about is, you know, especially in this country, like, you know, freedom, this, and, free, you know, we have the freedom. I think a lot of people felt very attacked when, you know, with COVID and everything, there's like, oh my gosh, our freedoms are being taken away. And, um, well, first of all, the freedom that Christ gives can't be taken away. So um, that's that's something that isn't ever going to be um, an issue that we face. And I think what maybe we felt was maybe some of our privilege were taken away or whatever, you know, you, you get into all that stuff. But I think when it, when it comes to this kind of scripture, um, it, the freedom that Christ gives us isn't, hey, go do whatever you think is good. The, you have, the freedom that Christ gives us is literally you have now the freedom to be like him and you have access to everything that he paid for on the cross and when he rose again because we were raised with him and so i think we in the american church has have we've sort of taken that word and distorted it freedom and um a lot of it doesn't point towards actually oh we are free to now be like christ 
but it's more, oh, we are free to do whatever we want. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, one person's freedom is someone else's, you know, captivity. Um, so if everyone just did what they felt like they should do, then that's what happens. And so it is pivotal that, again, I think scripture like this is always pointing towards at any cost, you are to be more like Christ, and like, but you actually now can be. Like that's, that's the sort of the good news. You can actually be like Jesus. And so um, I think, you know, I think there's just such a, how do I say it? There's such a tension, I guess, now with all this kind of stuff and words and language is very um, mixed up and, you know, whatever. But I think ultimately at the end, I think this scripture um, points towards an invitation um, again, the beauty of, you know, Jews and Gentiles, you know, you have one side who had all these religious practices in order to get to Jesus, mm-hmm. and then Jesus tore the veil, so now we have full access to him. So there's an, another group of people going, oh, sweet, we're just going straight in. Um, and I think the outcome, if the outcome is the same, then great, you know. But um, I think we often get so preoccupied with how people get there, you know, and um, that's, you know, that's what we focus on, but the, the, the goal is the kingdom of God, and the goal is, is, is Jesus, you know, and I think, you know, I'm not up here judging all of you because you're not playing piano while I'm worshiping. It's not like, well, I'm the only one who gets this. <laughs> makes zero sense, but that's what we do in a lot of our walk because just because I'm accessing the Lord in a different way doesn't mean that you're accessing him in the wrong way. And so, um, but again, ultimately it comes down to, are we, are we actually embracing and living in everything that Jesus paid for so that we can become more like him because that is the ultimate goal. And so, um, yeah. So good. Oh, oh, wow. Got to, got to, if you get one, two for the price of All one. Right, two for the price of one. Yeah, come on. Can't, can't stop. I'm the real JP. By the way. <laughs> oh, the real, My name is the Paul. real JP people. Oh, oh. <laughs> Uh, well, Naomi and I did our homework too, albeit late this morning. <laughs> but uh, one of the things that hit me was the word, the very first word in the NIV is the word accept. Accept the one whose faith is weak. Mm. And um, I checked out a commentary on that, and uh, it was interesting. It said the word accept, um, the, way he, the way he worded it was to welcome someone into full and intimate fellowship. Mm. And I thought that is way beyond just acknowledging, well, I don't like you because your views are different from mine, but I know I recognize you're my brother or sister in Christ, so I'm, I'll tolerate you or I'll put up mm. with you. Uh, I will acknowledge, you know, your position in the church or whatever. But, but this goes way beyond that to say to welcome them to full and intimate fellowship. So I, I go beyond my feelings to say, all right, we disagree, but look who we are in Christ. And... I just thought, wouldn't it be great if the church had a vision to rise above Mm. all the fray of a very fractured United Mm. States right now? Mm. And if we could just rise above that and the world could see what Romans 14 is calling us to, that would be amazing to me. Uh, What a testimony. And it would just, I think, make people envious uh, and longing for that kind of relationship and we the church have the resources to be able to do that and i pray really that Mm. we will rise above all of that Mm. and just be different from the rest of the world in that way so good so good i'm gonna have if 
I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to ask you, to, would you be willing to pray as we close the service? I mean, there is one other one that already. So here's, I'm sorry, guys. It's 1136. <laughs> Woo! Okay, good news for all of us. This is a big enough topic. Guess what? Next week is part two. So if you were feeling like, we're just barely scratching the surface, we are. And this is actually probably one that we could take, you know, a month on. Not saying we're going to do that. So much in here, right? So much. We could, we could break apart, maybe homework assignment for this week. Uh, look at the words like, uh, do not judge. Maybe that's a word to look up. Do not treat with contempt on the other side. Those, that might be a word. What is weak in faith? What is, why are the people that in some cases, you know, are, are restricting themselves what does that whole term mean? Like, there's a ton of stuff we can research, so we're going to have another week to kind of go study, read, have conversations with one another. I think, would you agree this is something important? Yeah. Th this has the possibility of, of causing us to rise to a level in Jesus that is above all of the stuff here that shows the love, even as we're working through this. So I love that. Kyler, go ahead and share, and then uh, we're going to have you pray, and we'll close. Yep. Yeah, so Kyler, Mike Runner, hello. Um, <laughs> as everybody was talking, I kind of got two different words from God, um, competitive humility, mm. where everybody works to outdo each other in humility, wow. where everybody is trying to do everything they can to make the other person comfortable, even if they, that means they're a little more uncomfortable. Mm. And I think that if that's the idea that we adopted as a church to try and outcompete each other in humility, then you know, our own opinions, our own thoughts, our own uh, beliefs that maybe we're uncomfortable about, we'll be willing to kind of cross the line and be a little uncomfortable so that the other person can be comfortable and they will be willing to cross the line and be a little uncomfortable so that we can be comfortable. So good. <laughs> Thank you so much for I'm, that. I'm more humble than you are. <laughs> <laughs> the humble competition is on. Oh, it's on. Yes. Well, guys, thank you for, for just being a part of this conversation. Again, I know if you're like me, it's like, oh, man, there's just so much that God is speaking through each one and, and stirring in our hearts. So um, I just believe, yeah, as we go this week, let's just allow this to continue to, you know, in whatever way God leads you to, to read it or study it out or whatever. Let's come back next week. Think about your own life, too, right? As, have there been times when someone else has motivated you to move either towards freedom or towards self-regulation in a specific area that you felt the life of God, that you felt the faith, as Michaela was saying, of hearing the word of the Lord saying, yeah, there's life in this for you. Do this to honor me. Um, I believe God's going to do something really, really cool. So, Paul, uh, why don't you pray for us and we'll be dismissed. Father, we come to you today with one heart and one mind. We thank you and we come to you in the name of our, the one who is not only our Lord and our God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. He is our brother. We are his brothers and sisters because of what you have done. And, Father, we think of his prayer for us many times that we would be one as you are one. Thank you as well for the Spirit of God who binds us together, who really does knit our hearts together in love. We thank you, Lord, for all that you do. We thank you this morning for the ways you've spoken to each one of our hearts through each other and seeing truly the body of Christ being built up. Lord, we do pray. We pray that not only in this congregation, but around the world, you will continue, Lord, the work of knitting together uh, those who belong to you 
to have truly one heart, one mind, and one passion for the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we pray for humility. We pray for brokenness. We thank you for the power of your word this morning that has spoken to our hearts in many different ways, and yet at the same time, bringing glory to the one Lord Jesus Christ. Father, help us to live out what we have talked about, what we've heard, what you have spoken to us uh, about this morning. And again, Lord, yes, I pray for a vision for all of us that we'll be reminded that we are called to testify to Jesus Christ in our words and our actions, and no better way than to love one another so that the world will know that we are yours. Thank you, Father, for blessing us this morning and help us again to walk out what you have put into our hearts today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God Amen.